Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. 87 patients were on trolleys at University Hospital Limerick yesterday. And that is the highest daily figure in any hospital in Ireland since the pandemic began. Mary Fogarty from the Irish Nurses and Midwives Organisation joins us. Good morning to you. Uh, good morning, Joe. So how are your nurses feeling about this at UHL and Dora Doyle? Well, Joe, the situation in the University Hospital Limerick remains very precarious for our members. Um, it's extremely dangerous for patients and for staff working there. Um, there's a COVID environment, which is very prevalent still. We have significant overcrowding at the hospital on a continuous basis, and people are dreading facing into the winter months um, with no reprieve whatsoever. Um, this morning, I can advise that there are 91 patients on trolleys at the hospital, uh, 54 are in the emergency department and 38 then are throughout the hospital on corridors or in other wards where um, there isn't a bed available, but they're on a trolley or a chair. 91 today? Yes. That's some number. It's um, mid-October. We haven't seen the hard-hitting winter yet. The, you know, the frosty weather where people can have slip and have fractures and need to be hospitalised and need surgery. Um, it, it, this requires urgent, urgent action by the Minister. We've already written to him um, to undertake an urgent review of the situation at the hospital whereby 100 new beds have not had any impact yet. Um, we know and we're aware that attendances are up right across the country um, in all of our emergency departments and the services are all under significant pressure but there has been significant investment in the Midwest and um, the 100 additional beds have to have some impact or be seen to have some impact because of the volume of investment and the efforts that's gone on by all the staff at the hospital to get those beds open. Um, and yet we're seeing 91 patients in mid-October. Um, it, it, it is a shocking figure. Has the COVID crisis cancelled out the 100 extra beds or the impact of them? Um, no, it, it, I mean, I understand that currently at the hospital there are approximately 40 patients who are COVID positive and are being treated at the hospital. So, I mean, that's, that's 40 and then you have 60 other additional beds if you want to look at it that way. I mean, the 100 beds, if they weren't there today, are we saying we'd have 191 on trolleys? I don't believe so. Um, we believe that there are uh, systems and processes at University Hospital that can help to alleviate the overcrowding. It isn't about beds alone and putting in more capacity. It is also about ensuring that um, the flow of patients and the admission and discharge of patients at the hospital is, is steady and happens um, on a daily basis um, to ensure that the hospital is not overcrowded. Right. Um, and the thing is, I mean, you, you and politicians and others and even management wouldn't necessarily agree on very much. But I think all of you believed and were hopeful that the extra bed capacity would make an appreciable difference to the numbers on trolleys. And yet here we are. Yes, um, I suppose we've, we've always voiced concerns over the last decade now, Joe, at this point, that it, it, it's never about beds alone. It's also about how um, the bed and the bed management system is managed within an acute care facility. We acknowledge fully that the uh, it is the only um, large hospital in the Midwest region, so it does take in an awful lot of the higher acuity level of patients, and they don't have anywhere else to go. However, at this point in time, the HSE need to be looking at curtailing 
every and all elective procedure in that hospital and moving it into the private sector ASAP um, and, and, and de escalating the hospital and, and making it a safer place for patients. And, and, and can I just staff. ask, if they do that, will that avoid adding those people to our massive waiting lists? Yeah, if they, if they move those people to have their procedures undertaken in the private sector. Right. And, and yes. is there the capacity in the private sector? There is capacity in the private sector. Um, we understand that that, that is a, it can be, can be made available. That would take a, a government-level decision, as I understand it, to move that work out um, as quickly as possible to the private sector. Yeah. I suppose part of the difficulty, you know, it's been reflected here on the show over the last few days when we've talked about this and we had the Sinn Féin health spokesperson, David Cullinan, on the show um, last week and he was down visiting Limerick and, and looking at this issue. Um, that It seems to me that most of our listeners, most people in Limerick, believe that this situation is just not resolvable that you know, we are going to have to accept that if we end up in the emergency department, we are going to be treated in this way and that's the way it is and the way maybe it ever will be. Well, that, that is, a, uh, you know, um, you know we, we can't throw our hats at it and just walk away. It is a, a resolvable issue. It does require additional capacity. It does require additional diagnostic services out in community for GPs and for, you know, um, consultant availability out in different services out, out in the community where people can be treated outside of the acute hospital setting because what we're seeing now are patients attending and being admitted to hospital through the emergency department when they're not emergency cases and they may be quasi-emergency cases or borderline and they do need to be admitted to hospital but they don't, they're not per se an, a, you know, an A&E case and it is an avenue for admission to the hospital whereas if they can be treated um, elsewhere outside of the acute hospital setting or moved to a private hospital sector, um, it is far better um, for the patient and for the staff. I mean, staff at, at University Hospital, like, I can't um, even uh, describe to you how they are feeling having worked right through COVID and are still working right through it. They are exasperated um, with the conditions at the hospital. Um, they all thought they were going to see light at the end of the tunnel when the, when the 100 beds opened. We all thought that. And management thought that they had indicated that to us. Um, and it's not just the 100 beds, Joe. There have been other investments at the hospital over the last number of years, yeah. including a 24 uh, And that's it. And, and, and we've reflected on all of those and we've mm. talked about all of those on the show. And, and the problem I think people have is they just believe. And, and you know, it's, it's, I don't think it's cynicism. I think it's weariness more than anything else that, look, you know, it doesn't matter what we're told as, as the public it doesn't get any better. I mean, can you remember the last time there were 91 people on trolleys at UHL? Yeah, there were a number of months ago. It's probably within the last 12 months. I think we had 92 um, one day. Um, I have to check the date. I don't have yeah. that date no, with, with me now. But, but we, we have seen, but we shouldn't be seeing any patient on a trolley. Now, I know that's a utopia, but we sh- certainly should not be seeing, with 100 new beds gone in, 91 patients today. We shouldn't be seeing that, that volume and that high level of patients. Yeah. Um, and, and as you say, it, it's fairly early in the season as well. Just let's hear what the head of the HSE, Paul Reid, has been saying in general. It is going to be a difficult winter and you can see some of the pressures on our staff. Uh, many of them are exhausted in four waves of COVID and a cyber attack. Uh, having said that, we're putting in a number of initiatives throughout winter funded by government again this year. And at the same time, what we want to do is stop the growth in the waiting list and to start making some initial impact as well on the short term plan. Right, so he's the head man in the HSE and you know, he says they're, they're putting in plans for, for the winter. 
Well, um, we haven't hit the winter yet, Joe, and I don't know what, what those plans are um, in respect of particularly University Hospital Limerick and the volume of, of overcrowding. And remember, this, this overcrowding is contrary, completely contrary to COVID. We're all asked to social distance. We're asked to, you know, um, um, you know not, not be in close contact with people. But we have an overcrowded hospital in the Midwest, grossly overcrowded. And the minister, you know, doesn't appear to be concerned about that. And, you know, the Department of Health have, Health have invested heavily in the hospital. We should be seeing some tangible positive outcome from that investment. Yeah. and from those additional beds. Right, um, Mary Fogart from the INMO there. Um, don't take my head off here now, but um, this talk of an extra day's leave for staff or COVID bonuses or bank holidays, and, I mean, how would the nurses be feeling about that now? Our members have worked way beyond what is normal in any workforce. Uh, our members, all healthcare workers, um, since March 2020, have worked tirelessly, worked extra hours, not had any breaks at work, have moved away from their families, have gone to extraordinary measures to cope with COVID. And they deserve, as has happened in other European countries that are forward thinking, to have compensation applied to them, be that in the form of leave or a payment, whatever um, that is required. And I think that is acknowledged by government, etc. But we are waiting still for that to conclude. Okay, we'll stay in touch with you. Thank you very much. Mary Fogarty there from the INMO. 91 people on trolleys around University Hospital Limerick in Doyle today, budget day. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.